The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on The Horn. Hour two here on the Sports Complex on a Friday. Giving you up to Vandergriff pregame. They're playing uh, Waco Midway today at 7 o'clock. Their pregame at 645. We'll be giving you up to that uh, at 645 to listen to some high school football. Friday Night Lights happening right here on the Horn. Vandergriff at 645. But until then, we're going to keep reading off your text, talking some Texas, Alabama, talking about the superstitions you all have that we all do. We all have a little bit of superstitions. Yeah, we'll be talking about those on the text line, 512-337-3776. We'll recap what happened last night in the NFL, some NFL games, some big college games. Make some picks for you. Give you our opinions, and you can join the conversation. Make your own picks, your own suggestions, your own why, what Texas needs to do to win. Send that in, 512-337-3776. I told you we had to hit the break. you got to get out on the top of the hour, play the hour ID. you got to do those things in radio, so we had to hit the break. But we're right back talking more and reading some more of your text. And, uh... We do have some more good texts about superstitions. I, I like to hear the superstitions because it makes I feel like it makes all of us feel better when we know there's other loony people out there. And when you're in a group, sometimes you gotta kinda you're just doing something, you're rubbing something, or you're you know, you know, that sounded worse than it was supposed to. But you you have we have whatever your proclivities are and you gotta do those things, you feel good. Or when you show up and you're wearing the same shirt, I mean like my forty acre shirt that we wear it all season and hopefully it's a national champion. Uh, when we have, when I like this text. When we uh, uh, need a big play, I usually rub the Longhorn logo on the front of my ball cap. I like that one. I like. I'll tell you, I pet my dog, which is normally my dog is uh, my dog's great. Lou, he's in the studio with me all the time. Comes to work with me, quiet. Just takes a nap while I do the show. But uh, I, I tend to. I, I he'll get a little bit apprehensive when I'm watching the game. You know, maybe yelling at the TV, maybe clapping pretty loud. Uh, so, but when he needs something big, I'll usually go over and pet him. Try and get the good karma of you know petting the dog. So I, I get that one. I get that one. Uh, anything you did when your team won from before, you have to repeat and do. That's from Longhorn and Lubbock. I agree with that one. Uh, yeah, you just if you, yeah once you do something. There was at one point I remember uh, I was listening to music because sometimes I'll listen to music because I I know what the sportscasters are going to say, and I I don't necessarily want to hear, it, especially away games. For some reason, at away games, they always cheer for the wrong team. So I sometimes we'll listen to music, and there was a song, and I think it was a Spurs game, and and the Spurs started to go on a run, and I listened to that song about eight more times in a row just to be like, well, that was working, so I have to keep listening to it. So I've done that when I'm with you, Longhorn and Lubbock. Uh, Confucius says the winner of the game will win the game. That is a, that's, you know what, solid pick. Uh, another pick of what the Texas Longhorns need to do: hit JT Sanders early on short and intermediate routes and open things up deep later. I don't. I think they kind of hit JT Sanders a little bit in that Rice game. Nick Saban knows they're going to use him, but I think they hit him a little bit, uh, not trying to use him too much. And it was basically throw to Xavier Worthy a bunch. He threw to JT Sanders some, but those routes up the middle that JT Sanders can run sometimes and split, and you put everything on the outside, and you put him out and put him in single coverage with the linebacker, and there's no way he's going to guard him. I love those plays. Hopefully, you get to see some of that as well. Uh, and, you know, as long as the pocket holds up, A.T. Sanders can have a great game. Uh, superstition, eat two barbacoa tacos two hours before game time with a Dos Equis. Is that is, – I, I need to know. So if you have the two barbacoa tacos two hours before game time, are you then – do you then have food during the game too? Or is that – are you on a straight fast after that? And you said one Dos Equis. Did the Dos Equis keep going or do you – 
Or is it you switch beers? Do you have no beer? You just a water drink it? Nope. Or nothing? I didn't know. Daydrinker77. If your name's Daydrinker77 on the text line, I'm, I'm imagining that you don't stop at uh, one Dos Equis, but I, I would uh, send, send in. Let me know. Let me know what happens after that two hours before. I like it. I like having the pregame meal. I like the time of it. I'm a fan of the the precision of this superstition. But I want to know more. I want to know if then it's like okay, you can have whatever afterwards, or you have to be the the superstition has to continue. Last night, Chiefs and Lions played a game, kicked off the NFL season. Uh, not exactly what I was suspecting. I did have the Lions covering that game. They did cover. I thought the Chiefs would win. And there was a part of the game where I was like, oh, I may actually hit this prediction. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the Chiefs could have won by a field goal. Things started to go downhill. No one on the Chiefs apparently remembered how to catch a football. It, it finally came back to uh, to bite the Chiefs of letting go Tyreek Hill. You know, you brought in Juju Smith-Schuster, but that he didn't really – he was never that guy. Valdez Gantling played okay but, you know, you have Sky Moore, who's young, and he made some plays, but he made a big play, and then there was a hold, and then he missed the play. They threw it back to him again, and he dropped the ball. Uh, Kadarius Tony, and we got a text early in the show that Kadarius Tony should not be paid. And, and that seems like a lot, but yeah, Kadarius Tony should not go, should not be paid. I agree. That was a one of the most awful games. The, the worst is the picture of him with the ball in his hands and then realizing that's a touchdown for Detroit. Uh, just. You know, and I, I'm guessing whoever sent that also probably drafted him in fantasy and thought he was going to be the guy. So I get why that is. Uh, but there is no rapport with the with receivers. That's going to have to build. And I get Travis Kelsey's your guy, and you know he's going to come back next week, and that that'll help out this team. But if you're if you're the Kansas City now, you may be looking out. You know, you may be looking to make a trade with somebody who has another wide receiver that could work with a Patrick Mahomes. Get somebody else out there with some short hands. Uh, that may not be that may be a little bit further down in the depth chart somewhere else. Someone who wants to go play for a winner, uh, an older player on a team that's rebuilding, you may be able to go find one of those guys. But that was a uh, that was just one of the worst catching games you've ever seen. Of how many balls hit guys in the hands? They got their hands on the ball, and they're not all perfect thrown passes. Uh, some were behind the guys, some are a little bit high. But you're in NFL wide receiver. You're supposed to be able to make those catches. Uh, there was also the Jawan Taylor, the right tackle who I don't know, like, early in that game, I started calling a false start every play, and the people I'm watching the game with, we had to we just be like, I guess they're just not calling that. Like, I don't know, maybe I'm seeing it wrong. Maybe it's not a false start, but it, it was. It was clearly a false start over and over again, and he was moving the whole time, and he was tipping, whether it was a, a run play or a pass play, pretty much every time because he would he would start jimmying his right foot and you could tell if it's if he's about to drop back, you knew what it was going to happen, so you could kind of see what he was doing and his movement before the play gave away a lot of what was happening. Uh, and then it, they do not call it until the very end of the game and in Kansas City. And then I don't get the play calling throughout this whole game, both teams. First of all, you go for it on fourth down uh, with Kansas City and you run a weird you know, trick play. And you don't put the ball in Patrick Mahomes' hands. The only thing in your offense that's good is Patrick Mahomes. Like, that's the guy. Pacheco looked okay. But, like, no one on that offense looked really good except for Patrick Mahomes. And you decided, you know what we'll do? We'll put the ball in someone else's hands. And I, you could have put it in Blake Bell's hands. We know every Texas fan would tell you, give it to the belldozer, and he'll get you a couple yards. 
But that, I don't get that play. And then you go the other way, and Detroit goes for it on a fourth down, and they can put the ball in Jared Goff's hands. And you say, no, <laughs> reverse this. You give the ball to Dave Montgomery. He's picking up three to four yards every single carry he has. He's going to get you the first down. I don't. I didn't get those play calling from either side. There, there's clearly something to be said uh, of Eric Bieniemy's presence on play calling on that team that certain plays – it, it did not look like the same play calling that has been happening the last few years. We know it's Andy Reid's book. We know it's Andy Reid's the, the final say in all this. But I don't know how much Matt Nagy is doing, but he did not have a great game. And the final takeaway I'm going to tell you about that game last night is Aiden Hutchinson is going to be a problem. Aiden Hutchinson is going to be a beast in this league. His second year and how he came out and they were having to double-team him and and how he kept getting, and he was getting held over and over again. Whew, he is going to be a beast in this league. I like this text. The Lions know they have Gibbs on their team. It is. Look, this is this is actually the stats are pretty applicable to what the Saints did when they brought in Kamara. It's going to be a process. They're going to trust Montgomery a little bit more uh, before they really bring him in. I, I, I would like to have seen him play some more. I, I think that he's an explosive player that you'd want to use a little bit more in your system and not have him off the field as much. But that's you know it, that's a more standard way to deal with the rookie. So I would have preferred to see Gibbs in there because I do have him in a couple of fantasy leagues, but I understand why he wasn't fully in there all the time. Let's get to some other NFL games coming up this weekend. Get to the games that you care about here in Texas. The Cowboys taking on the Giants Sunday night football. Uh, Cowboys are three-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. The news comes out today. Wandale Robinson's probably going to miss the game for the Giants. That's another wide receiver on a team that doesn't have a lot of wide receivers. And Darren Waller is now questionable for that game at tight end. And that's somebody that you brought in that you really were hoping to be a top wide receiver and have a thing like Travis Kelsey or have you know that rapport like Mark Andrews in, in Baltimore and have something. And it's, it's not great to see that he may not be there and the, the passing options are going to drop down considerably for the Giants. You know if you're the Cowboys, you are starting to load up, and it is going to be the question, can you load up that box enough that you're going to be able to stop the run? Because if you can stop the run against this team, I don't know how much offense that they're going to be able to have without really much receiving out there to go catch the ball. A Daniel Jones who was an improved passer last year after it with Brian Dayball, but also that's because he uses his feet. So if you can stop Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley from running the ball like they want to, I think that there's a good chance you have to to come away with a win in this game. Uh, and then for the Cowboys, you want to watch how the snaps are regulated with running backs. Is Tony Pollard going to get 35, 40 carries? Or is it touches? Let's put it this way because we know he may come out on some of these and get receptions. What is the play calling going to look like with Mike McCarthy? Is he going to call plays in favor of Tony Pollard and protecting Tony Pollard? Is he going to call plays to protect Dak Prescott? And what I mean by that is instead of expecting Dak Prescott to all of a sudden be a great downfield pat and great, you know, throwing in a coverage and and threading the needle and all these things that Dak Prescott has never done and, and never really showed the ability that he was going to be that guy, instead of expecting him to be this transcendent player, can you use him as the game manager, let the defense take over, run things with Dan Quinn and that defense, shut down the Giants. You only need to score 20, 21, 28 points, but just move the ball down the field can they get that done? Can they make Dak look better? Stay out of the turnover problem. I have the Giants covering pretty easy. Once that Darren Waller news came out, if he's not playing, I just don't know what this 
And, I mean, even with him, you figure this defense is going to be able to handle it because it's a really good uh, Cowboys defense. But with, you know, Darren Waller out there, with I, I, he's probably going to have safeties kind of shadowing him a little bit more because the linebacker depth at uh, in, in Dallas isn't great. So you may see safeties who are going to be able to hang with him. They may not be able to bring him down so he can get some catches but not explosive plays downfield. But, yeah, I, I think that Cowboys can cover this pretty easily. Uh, I like the Cowboys starting off the season. I know I have said multiple times on this show that I think Mike McCarthy, there's a good chance that he is not the head coach uh, going into the second half of the season. But this one feels like the Giants are not going to be ready to come out in week one. Uh, we, look, the Cowboys could look bad. This O-line is a little beat up. Tyler Smith uh, is a little beat up. Tyron Smith got you know rolled his ankle, I think. and So there's some injuries. There's some problems. But I, I'm really curious. I'm curious to see what they do at the running back position. I'm curious to see the play calling for Dak Prescott. Uh, all those things. We know Dak was calling plays better than Mike McCarthy was in preseason. So we'll see what happens there if he's able to audible and have a little bit more autonomy in the offense. Uh, Texans are taking on the Ravens. Ravens, nine and a half point, on, uh, nine and a half point favorites here. Look, I know I came back. I'm going to be a Texans fan again. I'm back in. D'Amico Ryans, I love the hire. I'm glad they went all in with Will Anderson and C.J. Stroud. They're going for it. What I've seen from C.J. Stroud, he does well when he's got time in the pocket, and they've spent a lot of money and time on this offensive line, and it just seems to be falling apart right in front of them. Kenyon Green is out for the season on the injured list. Josh Josh Jones is going to be taking over for him. Uh, Titus Howard out of right tackle seems to be like he's not going to be able to make the trip. He's going to be out injured. There's just been too many injuries happening right now. Uh, for this offensive line to feel too good about the Texans going in. The only real thing you can hope for is that there's a lot of growing pains in this new offense with Todd Munkin for the, the, the Ravens, a lot of new pieces. I, I wouldn't have a lot of faith in this. It's a nine-and-a-half-point spread, which is a lot in the NFL. But uh, it, 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 that doesn't feel like too much when you're talking about this Texans and Ravens team. The Ravens got to come out and make a statement. that you know This Texans team is still a couple years away from being able to do what they do. You know, Will Will Anderson's a really good young player, but a young player going up against a guy like Lamar Jackson where you're going to be able to try and get past your lineman, and once you get past him, then you have to catch Lamar Jackson. Uh, it doesn't seem like a favorable first opponent for Will Anderson. Uh, so I would have the Ravens covering this game right there. You can tell us your picks as well. 512-337-3776 It's where you can jump in with your picks. Let us know which, uh, what you think of the lock of the week is and any of that. We'll read those off before we get off the air at 645 for Vandergrift. Uh, let's go a couple other teams real quick, a couple other games that I think are interesting for you to watch uh, if you want to check out these games and, and kind of you know get your opinion started on these because these are going to be some of the bigger games. There's a lot of games that are actually going to be kind of close this week, but they're teams that no one expects to do much. So. I, you know what? You'll, I'll be watching Red Zone. I'll be watching highlights of everything. But I'm not as concerned. These are the games I'll be more concerned with. Dolphins and Chargers is definitely one of those. Uh, Chargers are favored by three. This is the beginning of the Kellen Moore era in L.A. Uh, the, the Chargers are as healthy as they've been on offense for a while. You have all your wide receivers out there. Austin Eckler's there. You just paid Justin Herbert. He's going to be happy to play. Uh, can Kellen Moore fix some of the problems with this offense, get them to score? And now that he has real weapons and all of that, is Kellen Moore going to be able to uh, get this get this offense as a super high-powered machine that he always wanted the Cowboys to be? And the Cowboys were against bad teams, but not against good teams. Is he going to be able to do it against the Dolphins team with Vic Fangio over there as a defensive coordinator now that they have some injuries on the defense? Uh, Miami and injury seems to be the story every single year. 
But I, Mike McDaniel's a great coach on offense. Vic Fangio is a great defensive coach. So to see, and I don't have any faith in Brandon Staley as a head coach. Uh, Kellen Moore, we're, we're seeing. So coaching-wise, the edge goes very much to the Dolphins in here. But I think a three-point game at, at L.A. Uh, for a team that's a little banged up, we don't know what two is going to look like. We know that they're not sold on Raheem Mostert. I know that they keep trying to say they are, but the fact that they were trying to get Dalvin Cook so badly and they, tracked, they were trying to get uh, Jonathan Taylor, I think that they would like to have a better running back or at least a, another back in that committee. Uh, so to see... Uh, Mostert having to get a majority of these carries. We will see what he's able to do, but I do have the Chargers covering three points in that game as well. One more game before we get to break because we got to get out a little bit early, so we're going to talk some more college football when we come back on the break. Bengals at Browns. This is a big one because Joe Burrow is now the highest paid player in the NFL, gets that contract. I saw some people getting mad because the Bengals went out and pulled a Jerry Jones and waited for their big rival, the Chiefs, the guys that they're trying to beat up in the AFC, waited to steal their spotlight right before the game. People are like, oh, why would you steal their spotlight? Because that's what you do. It's a business. And people are talking about the Bengals? You're talking about Cincinnati? When they're not even playing? You got an MVP in Patrick Mahomes and you're talking about Joe Burrow? Big win for Cincinnati, pushing that news out right there on uh, right before the big opening game on Thursday night. Good job for them. It's business. Go get it. Go, go kind of stick it to your team. Go stick it to the Chiefs. Have fun with that. I'm a Chief. I like the Chiefs. I'm just saying, this is up Jerry Jones. That's right out of the Jerry Jones playbook. T. Higgins, the news came out that he's not getting a deal, probably not going to get one, may get franchise tag, but he's he's not. He'll be gone either at the end of this year or the end of next year, depending on the franchise tag. He may have to be traded if he gets franchise tag. We don't know how that is. But this is going to be probably the last year of that wide receiver core that is just insanely good. Uh, for Joe Burrow. You pay Joe Burrow to not have to pay all of his receivers. You're going to try and pay Jamar Chase. And Deshaun Watson. Is Deshaun Watson going to be back in year two? That is a major question. We won't know. We'll find out. Uh, it's happening on Sunday. Bengals are favored are favored by two points. you got to think they're going to cover two, right? This Bengals team, I don't. The, the Browns can't be that good, right? Are they going to surprise some people? I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't realize why this spread is so close, but Vegas usually is pretty good. This one feels like it's got to be the Bengals. It feels like Joe Burrow is going to come out and try and ball out. I know that there is issues that he may have been hurt or whatever else, but you knew who he was going to play. Who's a backup quarterback in Cincinnati? That's why Joe Burrow is going to play. We got to take one more break. Before we get out of here at 645, getting up to Vandergrift football, pregame at 645, the game at 7 against Waco Midway. We're going to get a little bit more te- uh, college football talk Make our picks. Send us in your picks. Send us in your picks. I want to know final scores from you guys. 512-337-3776. Final scores of Texas, Alabama. Put it on the line. It's Friday. Five, they, we're the game's in less than 24 hours now, guys. We're, what, 24 hours, 24 hours and five minutes away from the game. I want your final picks, guys. Send them on the text line. Final scores, 512-337-3776. We'll be right back here on The Horn, the Sports Complex on The Horn, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn app, and hornfm.com. The Sports Complex of the Horn. Well, it don't look good to me. And every turn is against you. Say, baby, won't you come and see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So come on down to the river, baby. Let the water soothe your soul. So come on down to the river, baby. And let the water soothe your soul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When the whole wide world is against you. Back here on the Sports Complex, wrapping things up before we give you up to Vandergrift football pregame at 645, playing Waco Midway. to 512 Friday. Playing some jams from local artists you can go check out this weekend. This one's a great one. Joe James, super talented guy, nice guy. He is playing Saturday Antones, doing his CD release party. This is one of the new tracks off his new album, uh, Found My Way, that came out just recently. The big party is this Saturday at Antones. So a great party to go to after Texas and Alabama, you want to get out of the house. You're feeling good. Feeling good. Some of your predictions. I see you got some good predictions up there. Keep sending them in. I want final score predictions for everybody. 24 hours till football. 24 hours till kickoff of Texas and Alabama. Send in your score predictions. 512-337-3776. We'll read them off before we get off the air. I'm going to make a couple other picks for you, a couple other things. And I saw Ty picked uh, Cleveland. Ty goes against it. Me and Ty disagree a lot of times, and I think I'm right more than him. I don't know. I have no factual proof of this. Because I don't gamble as much as him. I gamble with other people's money, not my own. He puts his own money. He's got the old scare money, don't make money. My scare money does not make. I just, scared money stays my money. I can pay rent. It's a wonderful thing. Uh, A couple big games to look up to this weekend. Of course, Colorado is always going to be the top story now until until things fall apart in Colorado. And it'll still be the top story. If they don't fall apart, it's going to be continue to be the top story, right? Colorado wins. Uh, last week, Suns TCU. Today, next week, they played Nebraska on Saturday. Tomorrow, they played Nebraska. Uh, they're, they're number 22 in the country, and they're now two-and-a-half-point favorites over Nebraska. We saw Nebraska uh, last week. Uh, they they played the early game and the, the Thursday game, and they you know snatched the snapped defeat from the jaws of victory, had everything going, turned the ball over. Matt Rule's era, I don't think, starts well. I think Colorado can get another win here. Uh, you know, it's... It, I don't think Nebraska's there yet, and what Colorado looked like last week I don't think is going to be a fluke. I think they can go ahead against Nebraska. They're going to have a hard time this season. There's going to be more once you get into conference play, and there's some more film out on you. I think it'll be a little bit harder, but I think they can go ahead and uh, and beat Nebraska. I have them covering the 2.5 right now uh, for Nebraska and Colorado. Oh, number 20 Ole Miss is a 7-point favorite over number 24 Tulane. Love this one. Tulane has been killing it lately. Michael Pratt, this is his line. Michael Pratt's line against South Alabama, who was another good team last week, who's not a talent, like super talented, not a bunch of five stars, four stars, but a good team. Uh, he went 14 of 15 for 294 yards and four touchdowns. That is a efficient quarterback right there for Tulane. And Ole Miss put up 73 on Mercer in week one. I have to say, I, I, I don't like the seven-point line. I don't like the hook. I probably wouldn't take it. I'd buy it into seven-and-a-half and take uh, and take Tulane to cover seven-and-a-half. Uh, I, if I go six-and-a-half, I'd get it, but, but I would probably buy it to seven-and-a-half. If you get you give me a full touchdown uh, for Tulane, I'll probably take them. But I think Ole Miss can win this game as well. Uh, I like Tulane. In, I like Tulane a lot. The number 24, I feel they're good, but Ole Miss has got to get this win here. And uh, an interesting one because it feels like – as much as there's not ever a must-win in Week 2, right? There should never be a must-win game in Week 2. Does it not feel like number 13 Oregon going into Lubbock and Texas Tech? That's a must-win for Texas Tech. You can't, you go 0-2? And, and I know Oregon's going to beat you. 
Like Oregon's the better team. They're six point favorites. Texas is going to take everything they can. Every the road goes through Lubbock. Oregon says, "Cool, we'll run right through it." They need the win. Oregon put up eighty one points last week. Is Tech going to stop that? They eighty one points, and I get they're playing nobodies, but you say you do a third of that, you might be able to beat Tech. Couldn't beat Wyoming last week. That, that game's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Oregon has six point favorite there. I'm all right, I'm taking Oregon to cover that spread, and let's get. To Texas at Alabama, that's the big game. Alabama right now a seven-point favorite. So even if you're you're betting Texas, if we a lot of you guys. We want you to, if you want to send in your pick, your your score, final score. We're we're about twenty-four hours away from the game. Five one two three three seven three seven seven six. We have a few minutes left. I want to know what your final scores are. I, I like this is one of those games. I feel like th- there could be a lot of field goals in this game, or there could not be. This could be a game where Sark and Saban both feel touchdown. You've got to score touchdowns to win. And they're maybe going for it on fourth down. If you see what happened to Texas last season, if you're getting third and shorts until they stop me, I'm going for it on fourth downs. Sark went for it twice on a fourth down against Rice. Didn't pick up either one. So maybe he will kick the field goal. But I feel like there's going to be a lot of field goals. It may go the other way. There may be none. But I feel like there's going to be a lot of field goals in this game. Some of yours. Some of your scores you got up there, 27-24 Longhorns, 30, Horns 35, tie, high tide 31. You're both pretty close. 33-24 Texas. Woo, that is a big win for Texas. Putting up 33 points against this Alabama. Putting up 35 points against this Alabama defense seems like a lot to me. I think this score is a little bit closer to where I'm thinking. Texas 23, Bama 21. I think that's a little bit closer to what I'm thinking. My man Chan up there, he's got Texas 21, Alabama 17. A little bit closer to what I'm thinking. Again, I don't think Texas doesn't kick a field goal in this game. Uh, we know Burt Auburn has got a pretty good leg. I feel like they have plenty of confidence in Burt Auburn, and Alabama's defense is stacked. You're going to get stopped at points, and if Brett Auburn can get you some points, you're going to have to take him at points. But I, I like that, Chan. I, 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 think they're just, I think there will be more field goals in this game. Of course, Bruce from Vallejo. It's got roll tide, 28-24. And look, that may happen. I, I think this game, it's, it, I don't see this game getting into the 30s. If, if, if a team gets in the 30s, it, the odds are it is not Texas. The odds are the, 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 the way Texas offense looked in week one, the way Alabama's defense looked in week one, it would not seem like Texas would be the team that all of a sudden is going to blow this game out of the water. That's not what it seems like. It may happen. It may. I'm going to go 23-19. It's a weird score, but I think there's going to be a lot of field goals, some shenanigans happening. Maybe go for an extra point. Don't Maybe go for two and one. You know, once you get later in this game, I got 23-19. Texas taking out Alabama. I have to, I have to believe, right? You got to believe in that. You got to believe Texas is going to go win this game. We know that defense can play. If the defense plays well against Alabama, they have every chance to win this game. That offense, 55-21 Texas. What is it? What a difference a year makes. I remember going out to do remotes last year with Bono Lie and, and my, my guys, Rob Babers, Mike Hart. And we would ask people, we would ask them, what do you think the score is? And they would tell you, I think Texas puts up like 14 and, and it's 40, 50, 50 to 14 Alabama. That's what we were hearing last year. The closest you would get is someone would be like, it's within two scores. But everybody basically had uh, Texas 
getting blown out in that game. And now you guys got you guys getting brazen. Fifty five twenty one, Coach sixty six seven to six Texas. Welcome to the SEC, baby. Yeah, I don't know if the defense are going to be that good. I feel like a couple plays could break out. You may see a big play, uh, something sneak out on a big play. I could see that happening as well. So I, I do think you're going to see a couple touchdowns scored. Uh, you know, you're hoping for Texas. You get that one or two big explosive plays. That's going to be a big thing to look for. Uh, you know, because that's what Sark wants. He wants explosive plays, explosive plays. That's what you want if you're a Sark. But you got to come in and take what they give you. Nine to six, Texas. You got all right. Now you guys are getting back into the SEC territory. You guys are getting back into that. I like it. Thank you guys for hanging out with me today. I can't wait. 24 hours till we get Texas, Alabama. And guess what? On Monday, it may be a short show. The Rangers are going to be playing. It's going to be our last week of short shows uh, coming up next week. But we'll be back on Monday to break it down. If you want to go check out uh, Rod Babers, Aaron Hogan, doing pregame, getting you ready, going to come out to the watch party. All the information, hornfm.com. Party's out at the field house at the crossover up north. You can go check that out. Uh, but I'll be back on Monday to break it down for you right here on the Sports Complex. Appreciate Auburn MVP of the game. Love it. Everybody, we'll be back on Monday to break the game down, give you what you want. Stay with us right here on the Horn. We appreciate another great week for us. Remember to be kind, be safe, keep your underwear clean, and we'll see you back here right on Monday, 5 o'clock, right here on the Horn, the Sports Complex.